that does positive stuff. Right. Same thing with any group of people, any profession. There is a small group of doctors out there that do prescription fraud. We want to talk about how we don't like law enforcement. We come from a, um, you know, a culture where in our community, the culture of police is what? Fuck the police. Right. That's the culture that we grew up in in our environment and that we, you know, disseminate through music, through movies, through TV shows. And don't nobody want to be a part of that. So is the hip hop culture part of the problem? Hey everybody, welcome back. Welcome to the next and the new episode of the CB Baker Show. I have got a good one today. Um, I got my main man, Chad, here who works for um, a police department. Mm -hmm. And we had talked before about what's going on in America. And we said, you know what? We have to do a podcast on that. Because I had talked to you, Chad, um, I said, why don't black people become part of law enforcement? You know, mm -hmm. and, and I came to you with that because you, of course, you're black, as mm -hmm. everybody can see on the podcast. 24-7, 365. <laughs> you know. So, like, what is the hindrance for black people being in law enforcement, is it really just racism or is it just fear for black folks going mm -hmm. in there? Like, what is the whole ordeal? Yeah, I think, uh, but first of all, I just want to say, I appreciate, you know, you, you being here on the show, man. You know, I know you got a lot of busy schedules, man. And, and, you know, uh, everybody be up here. It's, it's, it's just the honor to, to, <laughs> to be sitting on the, on, on the TV show, you know, but, uh, but yeah, man, I think really, I think it's a combination of the culture of course, and what we live in as black people um, and what the and what we are, what society tells us. OK, that's two. But then also what we see, what society show us. It's a combination of all of that stuff that we don't want to be a part of that. You know what I'm saying? Right. And I think that the problem is, though, like you said, we don't want to be a problem. We don't want to be a part of. To me, that's like saying I don't want to be a part of a solution. We want to talk about how we don't like law enforcement. We come from a, um, you know, a culture where in our community, the culture of police is what? Fuck the police. Right. That's the culture that we grew up in in our environment and that we, you know, disseminate through music, through movies, through TV shows. And don't nobody want to be a part of that. So is the hip hop culture part of the problem? I'm not going to say it's part of the. It's not part of the problem, but I think it is a factor. I don't say a problem, but it's definitely a factor. But it's definitely not part of the solution. If it's not, it, it, you can't because you can't be on yeah. both sides of the fence. You either, right. You're either part of the problem or you're part of the solution. Yeah. And yeah. And I agree. Yeah. So if we got to say part of the problem or solution, I would say that culture is the problem, which is why I don't listen to hip hop. I've stopped listening to hip hop a long time ago. Right. Yeah. Just because it's, you know, I mean, I know it's kind of sidebar, but if we're going to talk about hip hop just for a quick second, hip hop is for one, you can't name me any other race, race, ethnicity, creed, uh, a group of people who makes music about, you know, right. all things illegal and perpetuating stereotypes, but we do that. Right. And to me, that's just, that's out there. It's perpetuated. We, we live it because it's, you know, we think it's a cool thing to do and that shapes our culture. Now, does that shape the police department's view of black people in America. A 100%. And I tell you something else. Not only does it, it shape police people views of uh, black people in America, but it shapes doctors views, uh, cashiers, uh, uh, you know, homeowners, business owners. It shapes your views. It shapes my views of black people in America. I mean, and unfortunately every, it, 
it shapes everybody's views of black people, period, in the world. Right. You don't even have to be from here. You can be from another country. But I'll tell you what, if you ask somebody to um, imitate what a thug is, they're going to do what? And back in the day, they would have sagged their pants. They would have been talking a whole bunch of yo, yo, yo's. Right. They would have been dropping the end bomb left and right. They would have been doing that. You know what I'm saying? But now they might not be sagging their pants. They're going to be have pants on two sizes too small, right. but they still be doing the same thing. They still going to be displaying the same uh, swag, if you will, that emulates a lot of the black people that's out here today. Right. So, yeah, I think that 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 bias that is often done when you see as far as policing is the same bias in every other aspects of life. Right. It's just highlighted. When it's uh, when it's we you know within policing now now, but if it's my right to be able to act a certain way, if I'm not doing anything illegal, mm-hmm. even though I may look like somebody that was being portrayed to do stuff illegal on TV or on the media, shouldn't the law only be enforced if I'm breaking a law? Well, yeah, of course. So why is it? Does it? It's something going on in the police department where if you profiling per se, mm-hmm. where you're not really supposed to do that, does that really still go on? Uh, as far as I believe, yeah, because you still have everybody forms bias of people in some way, shape, form or fashion. It's right. just human to form a bias on somebody, uh, somebody who you're dealing with, you know. Uh, how they dress, how they talk, how they walk, and how they act. Now, you can, because for instance, if you got somebody that's white that is adopting of the black culture, you're going to say what? They white people acting black. You know what I'm saying? So, and they still can be, will be profiled in that such. I don't necessarily think that it's profiling in the bias of a group of people. Mm-hmm. But I, I would say it's profiling the culture in which it is, in which that is represented. Because this is the thing. If you, if you see, uh, you know what I'm saying, a four-legged cat up there, okay, that's pretty, that's about 75 pounds. And it got spots up there. And when you look at that joker, he's kind of skinny. And when he wanted something to eat, he ran like 75 miles per hour to get it. And your mind, you're going to say, hmm, that's a cheetah. It looks like one. Mm-hmm. It acts like one. It runs like one. That's probably a cheetah. So my thing is, and my question that I pose to anybody is, let's say that you are not a cheetah and you don't want to be identified as a cheetah. Then why would you want to look like that, act like that, talk like that, be like that? You understand you what I'm right. saying? So, I mean, to answer your question, I know it's a long answer, but to answer your question, yeah, honestly, I mean, I would be lying if I did not say that there is a bias because there is a bias. Right. But to me, bias, everybody has a bias. And if you don't want to be looked at as something of, if you present yourself as how you want to be perceived. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, now, because we had talked before in the police academy, mm-hmm. um, you had mentioned to me that as a black person in the, in the police academy, that you got to be very careful not to lose yourself. Mm-hmm. Please explain that. So, for instance, kind of like I said before, if you have the police academy is no different than now I'm talking about as far as. The structuring as far as uh, not as far as what you're learning, but just how everything's built. Now, I've never been. I don't claim to be part of a fraternity or uh, um, the military or any other type, you know, Masons, anything like that. But one thing I can tell you that they all have in common is at some point when you're trying to get into that organization or you want to be a part of that organization, there's a period of time where you are put through a series of mental and physical stress. And in the military, they call that boot camp. Uh, if you pledging, or is that hell week or right. being online or whatever the case is. 
You know what I'm saying? I'm pretty sure Masons, you have something of that magnitude. I'm not sure what they call it, but it's, it's, it's some period. Right. And within that same period, the organization, whatever organization you want to be a part of, the, at the end of the day, it is to not it is to break you down, of course, mentally and physically, because we want to get rid of some other stuff and we want to reinstill you to represent what we want you to represent. Gotcha. You understand what I'm saying? And this is the thing. A lot of times, if I tell you that my girls are AKA, automatically you have a perception of what an AKA is. Yep. Because all AKAs go through the same thing and they come out acting very similar. Now, I'm right. not saying all AKAs right. are the same, but it they have a, a um, you know, they, 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 they have something about them that separates them from Deltas. Right. Or that separates them from, you know, any other sorority. Right. Same thing with Qs. If you go through, you know, and you cross as a Q, is you, if I tell you, me and my home is a Q dog, you got a perception about him. Right. You know he's not an alpha. You know he don't act like a capital. Right. Because of perception, same thing, Marines, Navy, whatever the case is. And it's the same thing with police department. So what I said is a lot of times, oftentimes you can go through that and you, the, 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 as far as with going through that department, you, they want you to exemplify what they want you to be. Now, I can tell you that in the department that I'm at, they make every effort and a great effort at, you know, in, in, you know, and putting in things as far as uh, bias-based, bias-based policing uh, trainings and several trainings to minimize, you know what I'm saying, any type of, 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 of negative stuff that you may see out there in, right. the, in the world. Um, at the same time, uh, oftentimes you had to, I had to, you may, you, you see a lot and you deal with a lot. Mm-hmm. And so when you coming out of that, just like anything else, if you aren't grounded and family and, you know, your friends and stuff like that, then yeah, you may catch yourself out here doing some stuff that you might be like, damn, would I have made the same decision if I wasn't, right? you know what I'm saying, a police officer or would I have, you know, um, talk to this person that way, or what I have acted this way, or whatever the case is. So, yeah. So sometimes, I mean, it's a you know, you got to kind of take a step back, right? Now, as as a as a black police officer, is it harder for you to? That's gonna sound crazy. The question I'm asking is it harder for you to not enforce the law? And what I mean by that is because everybody always says that when a police officer shows up. Is he at that at that moment has the ability to charge you mm-hmm. for whatever or let you go and like nothing ever happened? Mm-hmm. And we all heard the stories, you know, tickets and things like that. Yeah, you know, go ahead or right, right, right. you know, white police officers, you know, don't worry about it. Or they say, well, I could have charged you with this, but I'm not charging with that. I'm going to charge you with this because I know you don't need that on your record. Mm-hmm. As a black police officer, do you have to do everything by the book? I think that as a black police officer, you have to do everything with you. Well, by the by the book, long and short answer of it. Yes, you have to. But at the same time, you have to be, you know, professional. You have to be the most professional one. Right. You have to have, you know, integrity. You know, you have to have that respect, you know, all of that, because and the reason why I say that. I was working. When I was on the streets, I was in one of the most high crime areas, you know, in the city. I had a lot of drug arrests. I had a lot of guns off the streets. I had DUIs. I had all of that. I had a lot of arrests. So much that I was doing so much in that community uh, as far as making an impact that I was I got an award from the Commonwealth Attorney. But you know how many uh, fights that I've been in? Working the street. How many fights would you expect for an officer who's been in that? You know, you at least been in one fight, two, right. some, right. no fights, zero. I never had to do any type of, or I've never had any, um, you know, officer involved, you know, physical altercations. Right. And so, when I, so to answer your question, 
I mean, it's still about at the end of the day, it's just about, yeah, I believe you got to do everything by the book. But that's what that's what I mean by don't don't forget who you are. Right. Don't lose that you factor as a person, as remembering how it was when I got pulled over for no reason and had and got had to sit in the back of a police car while my car got searched. Right. When I knew I didn't do anything wrong or being handcuffed and being questioned when I didn't have anything to do with anything. Right. And so by what I mean by that is, you know, the previous question you talked about before is remembering who you are. So when I'm on the street and I'm talking to this brother that looked like me, I'm not talking down at him because I remember how it was when the officer talked down at me. Right. I'm speaking to him just like a homeboy, a homie or anybody else like right. I would talk to on the street. You know what I'm saying? Right. And and in doing that. I can sit there and write you a ticket and you adapt me up at the end of the day. Say, man, you the coolest cop I ever met. Right. You know what I'm saying? So you basically, you, you take, you neutralize the, the tension in the, in the meeting. Um, mm-hmm. What a stop from jump. Now we all heard the stories of how police officers basically when they leave it, you know, for that day, their goal is to get back home safe. Oh yeah. Of course. And, and I tell people all the time, I said, you got to understand if you get pulled by a police officer, I get that you may be upset that what was I doing? I wasn't doing anything wrong, but then he may have seen something that he may perceive to be wrong Mm -hmm. and he's trying to go home. So he, when he gets out that car, he's already at a level one Mm -hmm. of some type of fear Mm -hmm. now. And I know what, what things going on now, you know, I may get blasted for saying this. What about the person that's in the car? You could be fearful too. Yes, I am fearful, fearful. So, how is that feeling talking to I'm talking to a cop right now? Mm-hmm. You're pulling the car over. Explain to the people how you're feeling at that moment. Every stop, everything is an unknown. This is what people don't necessarily realize as a cop, as a black cop, as a white cop, as a female, as a male, as whatever the case is. We have a profession that when we go to work, we got a bulletproof vest on. And a gun. Right. You know what I'm saying? So it's not that, oh, you know, you got a badge and a gun. You think you can do whatever you want. It's like, no, I got a vest and a gun because I'm in a profession where I just might get shot today. I don't know if I am, but um, but that's the profession that police officers work in. You know what I'm saying? So that feeling when you do a traffic stop and everybody knows it's statistically, uh, you know, it's statistics that the highest um, you know, the highest officers involved shooting encounters, whatever the case is, is on is in domestics when you get a call to a domestic or in traffic stops. And so when you're doing that traffic stop, you putting that car over for whatever it is, it is a legit unknown. You don't know what that person's intentions are. Right. You don't know who that person is. You don't know what they have in the car. You don't know what they what their mental state is. It is a complete unknown. So it is a nervousness. It doesn't matter what car you pull over. Right. You are nervous about what is and what could be you or what might not happen. Uh, But again, like you said, immediately, if you get to that driver's side window, hey, how you doing? I'm office or whatever. And, you know, I pulled you over for X license registration. Right. That moment right there, how that person respond can, like you said, either heighten your sense of well, what's going on or it can't help you. OK, this is this is cool. All right. So. That for the extra woke people out there sitting in the car and going off at the police officer as it comes to the window, most likely isn't the best move. Come on, man. Like I said, at the end of the day, I've had somebody tell me and this is no lie, Travis stop. You don't know. You, you, you don't know how it is out here. You don't, you, don't, you don't know police shooting people every day. You don't know how it is out here for black people. <laughs> for black people. I said, let me explain something to you. Okay. I said, I'm a cop, true indeed, 40 hours a week. Right. I'm black 24-7. Okay, I can't turn that off. Right. I've been black for 33 years. So I know how it is to be sitting in that car. Like I said, I've been pulled over numerous right. times. So I know how it is. And I'm not saying this to, you know, 
Cause like you said, for that group of people who going might, you know, look at me the wrong way or whatever the case is. Oh, cause you a cop. Nah. First of all, I, like I said before, I've been in the, in the, in the car while I got pulled over for driving too slow on the interstate. Matter of fact, I was on, uh, everybody know if you from around here, you know, uh, uh, employer. Okay. <laughs> yes. You know, that's true. <laughs> right. I'm on employer. I see the trooper, whoever it is, or the, uh, the cop, uh, the deputy. And so I'm slowing down. Of course I'm slowing down because I saw you up there doing radar. So you're right. not going to get me. Right. Sure enough, he pulled me over. Pulled over. Yeah, I pulled you over. You ain't any reason why you was going so slow? Oh, uh, and I told him, I said, well, I saw you up there. I wasn't going to speed past you. He, uh, well, um, all right, well, it's just kind of weird that you was driving slow, whatever, whatever. Do you, do you mind if I search your car and all that kind of stuff? Now I get it. I understand. Do I knew do do I know what my rights are? Do I know all that kind of stuff? Yes. But like you said, would it have benefited me to cuss him out, fuss him out, be all hype, you know what I'm saying, right. over something? No, it wouldn't have benefited. It would have made situate their situation worse. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's not like I haven't been in that situation because I have. Right. But I know what the outcome was when, like you said, I was just cool and calm and whatever the case is. Yeah, it's, it is It is a difficult, it's a very difficult discussion to have because when you get pulled over, you have fear mm-hmm. and frustration running through your veins at the same time. You do, you know, 100%. And, and then there's no telling what's been going on the rest of that day. You know, mm-hmm. if, if your baby mama, your wife or whatever was fussing at you and you already had a negative mood or you just got fired or you're, you're late to work. And then, mm-hmm. you know, now you're being pulled over cause you was speeding. Mm-hmm. The, the crazy thing is <laughs> <laughs> you get mad because you actually was speeding, but you got caught, you know? Right. So right. what I have, what I have done is what gets me out of that mode is I say, okay, what's coming to the door is another man. Mm. I think people look at the uniform and it addresses the uniform and not the person. 100%. 100% agree with that. 100% agree with that. And I think what we got a problem is, like you said, you, you say this earlier. You said, even if you are not a part of, even if you don't partake and you don't do all things illegal, but you like listening to the music and you like looking a step kind of way and you like acting that kind of way or speaking that kind of way. That doesn't give anybody the right to categorize you as that. Right. And that is 100 percent right. But then, like you said, on the flip side, you know, there is also a problem of like you just said, we look at that one uniform and we say everybody in that uniform acts like this. Yeah. Everybody in that uniform represents this. And that is a contradiction that I feel like as a black person, not even talking about police, me being a police officer, but as a black person, that's a contradiction that in the words of uh, Wesley Muhammad, how, how he would say needs to be uh, addressed and impeached. Right. Because you that is a I mean, how can you on one hand say I do not want to be categorized and I don't want to be, uh, uh, you know, profiled and I don't want to be grouped into a group of people uh, that does that does, you know, dumb stuff. Right. Don't get me wrong. There is a small group of us that do dumb shit. That doesn't necessarily re- that doesn't represent the large group of us that does positive stuff. Right. Same thing with any group of people, any profession. There is a small group of doctors out there that do prescription fraud. As right. long as a Monday. Right. But that doesn't necessarily, you don't want to group everybody who wears a white coat and a stethoscope as right. that. Right. There is a small group of police officers that do dumb shit. Right. But like you said, you don't want to group that whole the department or that whole culture as that it's 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 a contradiction man that we that we have to overcome we got to get past that 
Yeah. I think one thing that is really, that really kind of feeds into that is when there's a shooting and, you know, a bad cop does something wrong Mm -hmm. and we go to protest. Then the first thing that happens is the police department is called to basically blockade the protesters. You're putting the protesters in front of the people that they're upset over. Mm -hmm. And on top of that, they have on a helmet and a mask, which is a, now you're really just looking at what? A uniform. Mm -hmm. I can't imagine. I'm pretty good at putting myself in the other person's shoes. I can't imagine that being told to follow orders to stand there to to blockade somebody that I agree with and they're fussing at me. Mm-hmm. That has to be difficult to deal with. Yeah. And I'm just wondering what can happen. What can happen in society? What's the solution that we can get? First off, the bad cops out of the department, mm-hmm. you know, recognizing the bad cops, taking them out of the department and then healing the relationship between the police department and the community. What is your department doing to help with that? Because it's got to be doing something. Yeah. And uh, that's a good question. As a matter of fact, our department, every, every year we have uh, several in-service trainings that we do that we may adopt from other agencies or that, you know, our uh, command may come up with and they will implement in every year. It gets better. Um, and I'm I'm actually I'm going to bring it home to anybody uh, who knows anything about this area and who if you know anything about this area, then you knew what took place back in April of this year. Something in the weather fest. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, I give Pharrell a lot of credit. Because he did put it together and he did organize it right. Um, in addition to that, you had to give that department a lot of credit because nobody it was it was it was nobody can say anything bad about any one of those officers during that entire thousands of people that was out. There. I agree. You see what I'm saying? And what and again, what they're doing is implementing, you know, just trainings, you know, on um, how it's on de-escalation. Again, those uh, biased police officer training, um, just a lot of a lot of things that we can help each other. Peer support. Um, that's real big. That's another thing. Um, peer support is a lot of people don't understand. It, it can be detrimental. If I'm, let's say we on a, we, we on a beat and we working side by side and I don't know, um, let's say we partners, but we in two separate cars, but we kind of work close together as far right. as our zones are concerned. Okay. I'm following you. You're in front of me. Somebody is not paying attention. They completely side swipe you, cut you off, cut you off, stay on the brakes, boom, you run into them. As a person, as you, not a police officer. Right. If somebody cut you off, how does that make you feel? Oh, yeah, I'm pissed off. You pissed off. Right. So if somebody cut you off and the police car stay on brakes and they cause an accident, you're still a person. You're still going to be right. pissed off. So, but see, the difference is you pissed off as a person, you do something out of character or you do something dumb, then it's like, yeah, it's halfway. It's right. accepted. It's accepted, and it's expected. Right. You get cut off, and you in a different profession. You are a police officer, and you get out of the car. You act out of character. Oh, now nah, you can't be like that. You know what I'm saying? You right. supposed to be above that. But what I mean as far as peer support, we've implemented something in that department. As far as like, let's say in that scenario, I see that happen. I see that person cut you off. They get in an accident. They stop. You stop. Your your door flies open. Whoop. And you get out because you pissed off. What is my responsibility to do as your partner? Yeah, hey, 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 brother. Uh, uh-uh, uh, uh. Come back. Right. Sit in the car. Let me handle this. Right, right. You see, what I'm saying, opposed to 
some departments who may not get these trainings, see that happen, they can see their partner happen, and they just as pissed off as you are. Right. So they're going to commence a beatdown. Or they going to necessarily, you all know, right. do all that. But it, now you have something totally out of character. And so as far as apartment, like you said, I work with is those type of things that we do and those type of trainings that we've been doing to help, you know. Put us at a different standard. Yeah. Switch your gears a little bit. Um, gun control. Mm now, before you was a police officer, I know you you own gun. Mm-hmm. You had a um, concealed weapons license, yeah, and well trained. Mm-hmm. Now that you're a police officer, do what is your thoughts on gun control? Guns don't kill people. People kill people. Point blank period. I know a lot of people who don't agree with me. My father don't agree with me. Can I hear him say stuff? We haven't necessarily had a conversation, but I just know. From hearing the conversations that he said, <laughs> right, he don't agree with it. I my per, my opinion is anybody can have a gun. I don't care if it's a AR fifteen. I don't care if it's a AK forty seven. I don't care if it's a shotgun. If it's a nine millimeter forty, guns aren't doing the killing. The one thing that I will say that I think needs to be implemented is I don't think there's nobody that needs to have a suppressor. That makes no sense to me. Why would you need a equipment on your firearm to reduce the sound so nobody can recognize it as a firearm? Right. That don't make sense to me. Unless you were in special forces, okay, and you are a Marine or Army person, you may be issued that for your job, but that's not yours. That's not yours to keep. That's not yours to have. Um. Honestly, I don't even really see no need for. I mean, I would arguably say that they could be issued to law enforcement. Do I really see a need for it? No, because law enforcement, we're not walking around stealthy. You know what I'm saying? We announcing loud, you know, PD, PD, boom, busting the door in. You know what I'm saying? We not, you know, trying to do no stealth mode type stuff. Right. So me, gun control. If you want a gun, buy a gun. Only thing I think needs to be banned are suppressors. And, of course, you can't handle dumb shit, rocket launches, grenades, all that kind of stuff. Ain't no, ain't no need for that. So so the people having this uncontrollable access right now to guns, it doesn't hinder you as a police officer for your thinking process? Uh, not really. Um, I mean, you you have that in the back. Of, it makes you more... It does. It does heighten your senses if you're doing a search warrant on a home, or again, like if you're doing a traffic stop and you run the tag, and the tag comes back. Okay, this person has a register, you know, has a registered concealed permit, or whatever the case is. That is stuff that's in the back of your mind. But I mean, at the end of the day, if somebody wanted to kill me, they're going to find a way. Or whether you know, what I mean, so you know, we can't, we can't. You want to ban a knife? You know what I'm saying? If I want right. to do damage, I can do damage with anything. I can do damage with a knife. I can do damage with a bat. I can do damage with a nail gun. You know? So, um, so let's talk about that. Um, you're going into a house. It, they have um, weapons in the house that shows up that they're concealed. Like, do y'all automatically go to the door with, with your guns drawn or y'all play it by ear? Or is it just another day, just another Tuesday and it's a regular, you know, regular call? Yeah, uh, it's it's those called a situational because a lot of times, let's say if you serve in a warrant on a known felon and that felon that you serve in a warrant is wanted for um, a homicide or wanted for a robbery or whatever the case is, then, yeah, you're going to serve that warrant. Um, you're going to do, you know, use your resources. You know what I'm saying? SWAT's going to be there. K-9 is going to be there. One fugitive unit detective is going to be there. It's going to be a lot of planning and it's going to be a lot of, you know, uh, uh, you know, planning A, B and C. If this right. happens, this happened, you know, so it's it's kind of situational just depending on why you going into that house or what you searching for. And, you know, take it by ear, uh, play it like that, like with as far as, you know, special investigations, like right. when they do their own secret squirrel type stuff. Right. They when they execute search warrants, they have planned that and talked about that 
10, 20 times. Yeah. So let's let's um, talk about fact versus fiction. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we know for his media, there's plenty of television shows, cop shows out there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and where they always tell you, don't say nothing to the police officer. Mm-hmm. You know, if you get caught doing something, just be quiet. Don't say nothing because whatever you say can be used against you. Like what it says in Miranda's mm-hmm. So how does that play out in reality when that happens? All right. So let me give you a scenario. So let's say. Um, let's say you got a guy. Okay. You, it's a party. People are drinking. Next thing you know, somebody gets shot in the stomach. Okay. Um, it's three witnesses. You as the person that did, that deal may have, may have done the shooting or may have not done the shooting. You are looked at as the suspect. Right. Because the person that got shot said that you shot them because they were being interviewed by another police officer or a detective. And they right. said that this person shot me. Uh, there are other witnesses. You don't know if they say anything about you or not, but you have been arrested and now you have been detained and you're being questioned uh, by a detective for doing a shooting. They read you your Miranda and you say, Nope, I ain't saying nothing. Nobody. I don't got nothing to say. Now, that's fine. Because now they take in the only thing that the Commonwealth has to go off of and that the officer has to go off of, the tech got to go off of, is what everybody else is saying. Right. So as far as the victim, victim could be saying, yeah, this was premeditated. This joker was around here telling everybody he ain't like me from Jump Street. Right. Telling everybody he didn't like me, and the minute he seen me, he was going to be on sight, and he was going to shoot me. And when I saw him, he looked at me, and he said, yeah, you remember all this stuff you was talking on Instagram? Boom, and he shot me dead, dead in the chest. He could have said that. that and that could have been far from the truth. Right. The truth could have been it was a dispute between you and the other person, and you know he pulled out a weapon, and you thought he was going to shoot you, so you shot him. And, you know, and that's how it went down, but you know, wherever the other farm or whatever the case is, could have actually happened. But because you decided that I'm not saying anything. Right. You you going you going down and there's no question about it. You know what I'm saying? So you're hurting yourself. My thing is, in reality, it's always best to tell the truth about anything. That's just in life. You know what I'm saying? Just be right. honest about stuff. You know. So another thing, um, fact or fiction. Is it is the police department really like a sieve of just like like overworked, stressed out, mm. you know, drinking Pepto Bismol? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Is, yeah. is the detective and, and like people in homicide like that burnt out like they have on like they have them on TV? Man, well, you see me. <laughs> how I look, man. Yeah, you look straight. You Come look yard. Right. Boy, be out here, man. I'm having fun. <laughs> yeah, so now, nah, yeah, that's fiction, man. Uh, nah, everybody not like that. The majority of people, you gotta think about it. And you, people don't. You can't be no police officer just because you want a paycheck. You gotta do it because you enjoy it, right? Yeah, because if you, you know, I don't know. It's gonna be. I don't know anybody who actually out here that's you know, working a whole bunch of long hours and doing a whole bunch of stuff. And that's not really what you want to do. I mean, you are going to be miserable in that case. Uh, but yeah, not a majority, majority of cats out here, they doing it because they, they, it's fun. They like it. So for the people that's listening that, you know, that may want to you know, be part of the solution mm-hmm. for everything and join the police force in some capacity, like what what type of um personality attitude should you have if you want to really start looking at this and pursuing this for real man i think man if you want to make a difference man you got to be 
I mean, just at the end of the day, you just you have to be a people person. You know what I'm saying? Be a be a people person again, like you know. And as far as qualities, you know, have that integrity. You know what I'm saying? Um, because a lot of, like you said, uh, you know, you you uh, you use the term bad police officers. A lot of time, you think about bad police officers or anyone bad in any other profession, they lack integrity, they lack respect, you know, they lack dedication for what they're doing, um, and that's really what you know. I pride myself on as being. You know, having integrity, you know, having respect for people, be a people person man. just be a, 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 a fun, outgoing individual, um, you know, that just has those qualities. And if you want to affect change, then you can do that. You know what I'm saying? You can be you can be out here. Hey, you know, like I said, I, I, I got a lot of arrest. I got a lot of stuff. But, you know, I did. I did. I took time out to educate a lot of people. You know what I'm saying? Even when I had to arrest them right. or even in using discretion. You know what I'm saying? If I know, OK, I'm not going to uh, give this person a ticket. I'm not going to, uh, uh, um, you know, him this person up on this. Um, you know, that's how that those are those ways that you can kind of, like you said, bridge the gap in that community policing and letting people know that, hey, like like you said, behind the. The uniforms speak. Right. You know I saying? remember you was telling me that how a lot of times on a on a stop or a call, if something happens, it's so many charges that's that you can lay on a person that's out there. Oh yeah, that you know, based off the information that you just that the initial information that you're getting mm-hmm. that plays a role in what the public defender will have to like work down to get to what really happened, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know? So does that happen a lot? Is it, is it where a lot of, uh, a lot of defendants have all these charges to that they got on a thing that the, the public defender or the lawyer has got to defend off before they can get to the meat or, or is it just based on the, whatever police officer wants to do at that point? Um, yeah, a lot of times if you get hemmed up with a lot of charges, then you pretty much in some way, shape, form, fashion did all those things. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, uh, and then when they get played down, it's often because there's some type of deal that's worked out between the public defender and the Commonwealth. You know what I'm saying? On, well, if they can cooperate with this, let's say it's, um, Whatever was done on this stop or with this call or this case may lead to information on this case or uh, lead right. to on this person or whatever the case is. Then a lot of times they'll work something out. So that's that, that's how you see um, stuff getting reduced or you know no prized or thrown out. But if it's if it's a if you got a really good defense attorney, then they can toss something out. You know, they can have something tossed out, you know, based off of, um, you know, just arguing the law. All right. But if you got it on the flip side, if you got a really uh, bad attorney, then <laughs> you stuck. You stuck. <laughs> you stuck like Chuck. Well, but what I'm getting at, though, is like for kind of what you were saying, your first line of defense, honestly, it seems like it's the cop that's there at the moment that it happened. That's writing everything down. Mm hmm. And if you screw that up, you know, and you happen to piss him off, he can write anything up. So give me a scenario. Oh, Lord, you put me on the spot with a scenario. Okay. Simple, a uh, simple one. Outside, and we're outside, we're cooking out. Mm-hmm. Fight breaks out. Okay. Somebody calls the police. But by the time the police get there, the fight is over with. You know how guys do. The fight can happen and you back to drinking beer. But right. now cops are there. But now somebody had some weed. Mm-hmm. Now you're dealing with a whole different s- scenario. Gotcha. How does that play out for as, or as like, okay, whose weed is it? Where, you know, do you got the fight? There was a fight that happened. Somebody that's actually bloody, but we're not. At odds anymore, or we're separated. Mm-hmm. You know, so you got multiple things going on. Yeah. So how does that play out for us with my interaction with the police 
And then do I just turn around and say, you say, whose weed is this? Do I just turn around and say, it's his. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. You know what I'm saying? Nah, yeah, that's funny. <laughs> so, yeah, a situation like that. And that's when we talked about before that your ad- attitude is everything on both sides. You know what I'm right. saying? And, um, and I will say that it is a culture out there in policing that my attitude is going to match your attitude. So if you pissed off and, and if you, you know, if you have an attitude with me, I'm going to have an attitude with you. But let me ask you this. Is that really a culture of policing or is that a culture of people? That's culture of people. That's a culture of people. And, you know, it's because people, pe- people treat people how they're treated. You know what I'm saying? Right. Even vice versa. Even if an officer has a bad attitude with you, you will have a bad attitude back. Right. And then it's just back and forth. So, but that's why I say a lot of time the attitude is is the is goes a long way. Officers show up, fights over it. You do see somebody that's injured. That person say they don't want to press charges. What's going to happen is a report is going to be taken. I'm going to give you a card. I'm going to give him a card. Listen, if you want to uh, get warrants, you can. This is your report number because it's a misdemeanor that didn't occur in my presence. You can get your own warrants if you want to. And by the way, some people are smoking out here. What's, what's going on? Now, at that moment right there, it can either be a, uh, nah, man, you know, I don't, you know, if everybody cool and everybody is, <laughs> is good to go, right. then that officer will probably nine times out of ten be like, all right, well, listen, I don't know who got it, but something you just, just put it up, we good to go. Right. Boom. If situation gets out of hand, like you said, it's you know, it's revamped up and all this kind of stuff, and everybody fussing and cussing and all, whatever the case is, then can the officer say, all right, well, we shutting everything down right now, and we're gonna get to the bottom of this weed and have other units come. And so now everybody's seen is frozen, can't nobody go nowhere, and we gotta we're gonna search whatever, then that can happen. Right. So, like you said, that's you know. Where that attitude does come in to to prevent all that, right? But yeah, you ain't just gonna be like, oh yeah, you, oh you smell the weed, yeah, that's his man, he got it. <laughs> that's funny, and officer probably laugh, right? But yeah, that's it's just that's some of the things that you know the questions that come up, just random stuff. We you know me and you have talked about yeah. some of this, and so we've talked about the like what type of police, what type of person. Uh, you should be if you want to pursue being a police officer. Is there any way you can work in law enforcement without being in the, a police officer working the beat? Or you have to go that route? You're right. Yeah. No matter what. No matter what. Um, yeah. You, it's kind of like you got to because you got to get experience before you can do anything else. Um, like I said, I was on the street for a while before I could be in a detective role. Um, and you got to be on the street. You got to get that initial, you got to know what you're doing, you know, right. before you can train people. If you want to be in the training uh, capacity or if you want to be a K-9 or SWAT or whatever the case is, you still got to initially know the job, know what's going on you know, before you do all that. All right. So now another question about what's on TV. If you end up in the evidence room, logging mm. stuff, is that really because you did something bad as a cop? Or is it just that you just slow? <laughs> that's funny. Uh, yeah, that's fiction. If you end, if you end up in some type of job like that, that's because you hurt. Like you on light duty for some reason, right? You know what I'm saying. So you can't necessarily do a your job on the street. So they got to put you in like report taking or uh, like logging stuff. But yeah, man. Matter of fact, somebody asked me a while back. They was like, uh, "Is it true?" You know, if you did because you did something wrong, now you got direct traffic, right? And that's yeah, that's that's fiction too. A lot of times, matter of fact, uh, one fact is if you go to any type of event like uh, like down the water side or you know down to the ocean front or wherever they doing like Fourth of July stuff, Harbor Fest, where you right. see a lot of officers out there with vests on and they are direct in traffic. A good amount of those guys are detectives. Wow. Um, at least about 80% of my detective. Because you got to think, you always see a lot of cops that's out there. 
So, but somebody, they still got to have units <laughs> right, in right, the neighborhood, right, you know, right. answering regular calls for service. So they often pull from the detective bureau because they figure, okay, well, you know, for holidays, we don't need all of them in there. That we can, we can still use them to, you know, for traffic flow, whatever the case is. So a lot of times you are in a, you know, whether it's like a 5K run or, you know, a festival of some sort, uh, 4th of July, Memorial Day, where you see a lot of, it's a lot of cops out there directing traffic. Nine times out of 10, they're not even street cops. They're detectives or they work in some other form of uh, somewhere else in a department. Right. You know, they might be in training, mm-hmm. but they out there directing traffic. I have, I did notice there's something in the water. And I was telling people, I said, the one thing when I talked to the cops, it was that a lot of them wasn't from Virginia Beach. They was from out of town. Yeah. And and I thought that was good because if you bring in other people in, they don't have a bias of the people that's in Virginia Beach. Mm-hmm. So you're not already just with this stigma like, oh, OK, I'm ready for this stuff to pop off. They really just was there. Like one guy was from Withville mm. and he was mad because he had to drive in that day and then stand up all day. You know, <laughs> yep. you know, so it's like. So you get talking with them, you get to understand like what they're it's like, yeah, I'm just I'm here, but mm-hmm. I really don't want to be here, but I'm here. Right, you know, right, it's like right, right. and I really don't care if you walk across the street, just walk just go ahead. Yeah. You know, it's like it was like people being people, right. not police officers being police officers. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what I really noticed and something to wonder. That's how I feel like that um event was successful. Because nobody was acting stupid on the the people that was there, and the police wasn't acting stupid trying to instigate something right. to happen. Right, right. Everybody wanted it to work out. Exactly, exactly right, exactly right. And like you said, and that what you just said, I guess answers your question before about how can we build that community relation? How can we get to a place where you know there is as much cohesiveness as possible? And that's that's the perfect answer. You got, you know, police officers that are in the, you know, that are acting as and that are looked at as people. Right. You know what I'm saying? Not I'm an officer, you're gonna do, I'm gonna make you whatever the case is, but you know, you don't you don't look at me as that. You looking at me as a person. Right. You know what I'm saying? And then you conducting yourself as as such. Well, our time is about up. Is there anything that you would like to like mention? Oh, yeah. before we get into that, I always ask all my guests this one question. I always ask the billboard question. It's a cliche question, Uh-oh. but it's 264. There's a billboard that's there and it's blank. Mm. You can have any message you want to the public up there for six months. What are you putting up there? Mm. And they're going to know that I put it up there? It will, yeah. It'll say... uh Cash app. <laughs> Chad Daniels, $100 right now, please. <laughs> right now, your boy needs some help. <laughs> help him out. Thanks, Chad, for coming to the podcast. All right, man. Appreciate you all having right. me, man. Thank you all for listening. This is Joe Sigurd Vega. Till next time. Sure.